Excellent. Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome back to another 3D Hangouts. My name is Noah Ruiz. I'm a designer here at Adafruit. Join me every week is my brother Pedro. Good morning, everybody. I'm Pedro Rez, creative tech here at Adafruit, and every week we're here to share 3D printed projects featuring electronics from Adafruit. That's right. This is where we combine 3D printing and DIY electronics to make kitty paw inspired projects. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the chat room, the chat room, the show. We're hanging out in the chat room, the Discord server here. If you want to get an invite to that, you can head over to Discord. .gg Adafruit. We're hanging out in the live broadcast chat room and we want to take a moment to thank everybody for joining us live. It's really fun that we have a live kind of audience going on here. Given shout outs to everybody hanging out in all of the chats. We are hanging out in the YouTubes. Good morning, Gary, Patrick, Mr. <laughs> Certainly. Bruce is hanging out in both that and the Discord. Where's my Discord? Good morning, Rolves. Mm -hmm. Good morning, Yanni. Morning, Stuart Riggs. Morning, Stuart. Jim Hendrickson. Morning, Jim. Vince. Vince. Good morning to everybody hanging out. Thank you all for joining us. And I believe we saw Bruce in the YouTube chat as well. So if you want to say hello, ask any questions throughout the show, we'll be checking back in with the live broadcast chat room. That's where we're hanging out. Morning, Randall. Yeah. And shout out to all the other thousands of folks who have joined the Adafruit Discord community. Cool. I'm going to do some quick housekeeping as we do in the mornings, and, uh, and then we'll get jump right into this, this week's project. So first up, uh, the CircuitPython meeting happened yesterday because Monday we had a bit of a holiday, or it was a bit of an extended weekend. So Monday, normally we have the CircuitPython meeting, but this time it was Tuesday. Before you check out the archive that is posted on YouTube and other podcasting softwares. Cool. The newsletter happens once a, once a I almost said once a year. This is the once a week newsletter. If you want to be up to date on all the new things that get added to the Adafruit shop, happens once a week, you can subscribe to this, adafruit.com slash newsletter. And for daily newsletters, if you're interested in categories such as maker business, uh, 3D printing, Python on hardware, you can subscribe to these daily e emails uh, by heading over to adafruitdaily.com. Um, you can choose all the different categories as I rambled off some of them. <laughs> we have jobs board at jobs.adafruit.com. You can check out the latest job postings there. So far this week we have research technician in Rockville. So check that out. And we have some other CircuitPython uh, related uh, gigs. So check them out. If you are a maker or an employer, you can create a profile free to do so. So check out jobs.adafruit.com. Cool, cool. Okay, freebies. You buy stuff at Adafruit. If you spend enough money, you get free stuff. So let's head over to adafruit.com slash free and take a look at all of the lovely deals that are ongoing while supplies last, right? So for orders that are $99 or more, you'll get a Permaproto half-size breadboard. For orders that are $149 or more, you get the Permaproto half-size breadboard plus a randomly selected STEMA QT. If you have an account with us, we'll make sure that you don't get the same one twice. For orders of $200 more, you get the STEMA QT board, the, the half-size Permaproto, and free UPS ground shipping for the continental US only. And for orders that are $299 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping, STEMA QT board, uh, half-size uh, Permaproto, and it's Circuit Playground Express. You get as many freebies as you want. Yeah, for every order. So that's the whole goal there. Um, so check it out, adafruit.com slash free. You can see some photos and some more text and details. 
they get automatically added to your account. And if you don't have an account yet, it's free to do so. Make an account later. We, uh, we promise not to spam you. That's my promise to you. <laughs> There's guarantees in life, and one of them is Avery will not spam you. It's like death, and Avery won't spam you. <laughs> and joining us is Fetty, too. Hello. We're just posting all the links and stuff, but I think that's it for the housekeeping. <clears throat> um, Let's see, running through the links. Oh, I, I got one more. I got one more, one more. Ooh. But ah, this super awesome milestone, 2,500 yeah. learn guides. Um, Super awesome. I, did we did we tell folks who, who the actual guide was? In I 2000? don't know. Shout out to the Foamy guy. I think it was Foamy guy. It might either be Foamy guy or Catney with the uh, the macro pad. So both of you could share the, the, the joy of being number 2,500. So super awesome. It, it, yeah. It, you can see a lot of little um, guides here from, from folks in the community. I can see Liz's turntable. I can see some stuff from Becky. I can see uh, Becky. I can see... Uh, our very first project, the, the little MIDI guitar. Oh, MIDI. We go way back with MIDI. The little keypad. It's so cool to see everybody's things there. So um, check out the blog post. We have a nice blog post about it. And shout out to you know all the dev teams that worked on uh, the Learn system. It's, it's evolved over the years, and it's really fun to see it uh, getting more new features. Yeah, check out the photo there and see if you can do some iSpy with the guides. Yeah, I can see some Pokemon. iOS stuff, some Pokeballs, like what's going on there. That's cool. Yeah, man. So uh, never been a better time to click on that little dice icon at the top and see all the random guides that pop up. But shout out to all the guide authors as well and <clears throat> everybody for using the guides and, and, uh, and checking them out and sharing them. So glad you mentioned the dice icon. Uh, we'll use it as a segue into this week's Learn Guide. There's a dice icon? Yeah, the little randomized dice icon and oh, yeah, learn. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. randomly. I thought there was a, a dice here. There's you. actual dice here. Really. Oh, the D20? There's a D20, there's a, a D10. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right, well, back over to the, uh, oh, the Discord. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Andy Calloway yeah. joins. And then Alvaro, 32, is hanging yep. out too. Yep. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the Lend Guide. Okay. Yeah. This week's awesome project. This learn guy's been up there. Cute. Oh. Yeah. Now the video's out for this. Yeah. This so we get to promote sorry. it yet again. Sure. So, so cute. So this is a collab project with Liz Clark. Of course, Liz Clark is is very known for party parrots. So shout out to, to Liz and Lamar really for coming up with the idea here. So you can go over to the learn guide and check it out. We're gonna we're gonna look at it in a minute here, but I just want to do a quick little demo here. So this is a 3D printed little case, and it's got some KL switches, color TFT in the middle there. This is powered off the Kitty Cat board? No, the Cutie Pie RP2040. The RP2040 is, is, is a great chip because it's something we can get. So uh, the code by Liz Clark, she made it so that it can kind of be two different things. It can be a USB HID kind of macro pad to do shortcuts or whatever you like. Um, and it's also a MIDI controller. So it's kind of doing two things. And in the code, you can switch between the modes. You can just set one to be true and one to be false. And you can play around with those. Um, the color TFT here is, there's kind of two options. We have quite a few different displays. So coming up with the right one for this particular project, uh, I'm using the 128 by 128 in this demo. And for the USB HID demo, I've been using uh, the 240 by 240 display, which is, is a good idea to kind of compare them. Um, let's take out the macro pad real quick, plug this in and see if we can get a good uh, so we have two of these, right? And the only difference between them 
is the display. And there's a reason there. I want to show you the two different types of display and some of the things to look out for when you're picking a display for your project. Wow, first right off the bat, that is super crisp. Yeah, and it's got like a perfect viewing angle. It's wow. like a really wide angle. So the 240 by 240 is a great display with double pixels. Here you can see it's a little bit, uh, the colors tend to shift when you uh, look at a different angles. So right off the bat, this just looks better and you have more pixels. But an issue arises where uh, you are starting to run, yeah, if you're trying to do MIDI and uh, a yeah. 240 by 240 bitmap, you're gonna run into some latency issues. So in this one, you can see that it's a little slow and that's because it's kind of doing a lot and there's not that much RAM going on here. So that's what's going on there. And then this one with the 128 by 128, it's not using so much um, RAM. So I'm able to kind of be a little bit speedy about it. So I guess what I'll do now is a little bit of a, of a demo if my things don't fall apart. <laughs> so I have uh, on my iOS device, a, I got a dongle here. And then this is just USB, so USB MIDI will connect to anything, any host that likes USB MIDI. In this case, it's a phone, so I have this GarageBand uh, program. It's a free music-making app, so I have a drum kit. And in the code, I set uh, each one of these to be a different MIDI CC number. So right now it's doing a drum kick. I have some, uh, some hi-hats. And you can see that it's keeping up with me, so that's pretty nice. Now I can't be doing like super fast stuff like that, but you know, it's not too bad. Party parrot dancing. This is super fun. Um, so that's a little demo of just showing how quick performance wise you can get this with MIDI controls. So. Just wanted to share that, and I, I really like MIDI stuff, so that's why I'm kind of highlighting that, not really showing the USB stuff, because well, I like to show the music stuff more. So that's a quick demo of it. Um, I guess let me take it apart and show, show it off here. I need a spudger tool, so. I think I set it over here, yeah. All my tools over here. Uh, this is a snap fit enclosure, and coming up with the design was really fun, and I learned a lot. Uh, so to open this up, I got me a spudger tool, because it's got really tight fitting. Um, but here it's got two covers, the bottom cover and the top cover. So I can pop this out by getting my spudger in there and just freeing it there. And then you can start to see how this thing is built. So we got these cool little sweeps here. Or they're, they're, I call them sweeps because that's the tool, the feature that I use in Fusion 360 to create these. So these little uh, grabbers snap fit into the sort of uh, shape that's, uh, that's lined up here that goes along the, the, the shape of the pop print. This right here is just kind of flea fitting. This is a little bezel that is just sits over here and the way it stays in place is because it fits uh, the, the, the opening here on the top cover like perfectly. So it just kind of stays in there. I had to be really careful with the placement of this thing because um, you notice that these, this display particularly doesn't have, um, doesn't have any foam tape. So uh, thinking about clearance, you want to be careful when you're modeling a case so that you're not crushing your, your display. Uh, so you can use 3D models uh, in your CAD software um, to you know, verify the clearances, which uh, helped me out a lot. So that's how this, this bezel works. 
Okay, and then the toe beans themselves are actually little three print keycaps. So here you can see I got some uh, kale switches and these little three D printed um, keycaps, toe beans are. Uh, they have a little bit of a texture on them because they're printed on a textured bed. So if you're looking for that type of texture, you've seen us talk about the PEI textured uh, bed, and that's how I'm able to get that effect. I want to get in a comment here that Alvaro said that he likes the size because it's perfect for a pet to use as buttons. Uh, he knows people have trained dogs to push buttons to ask for water, food, and to play. So that's an excellent idea. No, Turn really this cool. into some sort of pet, like translating device. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved to have Rufio, our dog, play with it. He's just terrible with cameras. Like he just hi, instantly knows. <laughs> so if you ever see a photo of Rufio, it's, it's a rare sighting. Um, so yeah, that's how these are. I can just pop these off. They are, uh, they're mirrored, but they are two different ones. So you can see there's these little toe beans and these bigger toe beans just to kind of match the aesthetics. Uh, this purple thing here is, is the plate. So these um, switches just press fit into them. And then I have four screws here on the tabs. I love this display because it's got these tabs. It makes it really easy to mount it. And there's probably any clearances and stuff for it. So let's take a look at the bottom. I'm gonna get in here. <laughs> like that. There we go. A word about uh, the 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 sweeps and stuff. So here's the board. Um, reason why I don't have a snap fit go along the entire thing is so that I can actually get the spudger tool in here. So it's it's a bit of a strategic thing. Also here, you'll notice that there is no snaps there because that's where the USB port needs to be. And if I had a sweep going along there, it'd smash into the USB port. So that's why I have it open there. So here it is. Um, I'm using silicone uh, covered ribbon cable because there's a lot of wire connections going on here. There's about eight wires here for the display. The display is a spy. It's like over the spy connection, not an I squared C. So you have more wires here. Um, but thankfully, the Cutie Pie has like just enough GPIO. I actually have one spare GPIO. So if you want to do the same project, but with five key switches, you have that extra pin there to do so. You're probably wondering why is this Cutie Pie mounted to this this board? It's because I kind of did that on my own. Um, I wanted a better way to mount and secure the Cutie Pie, so I came up with a little custom PCB. You don't need this, but I thought I'd I'd, I'd make a little carrier board that would. Uh, allow me to surface mount this thing and this cutout here accommodates for all the components on the back of the cutie pie and uh, these tabs here are M3 screws so that's what I got going on there and the reason why it's this color is because it's been CNC milled but let me take this key plate out to show you how easy it is to kind of take it apart and uh, there's some hex nut screws here right and that's it's, it's pretty much flush with this and adding a hole here for the display was really smart because now I can like, I, I can I can I can feed the display through this giant hole. Yet I can still use these mounting holes uh, to to secure it. And uh, you can see here I got all my ground wires um, shared, sharing common ground. And I I wanted to keep these two ribbon cables separate so I can tell them apart. This one's just the switches and this one's the display, right? So trying to stay neat here. Um, but yeah, that's how this one is working. And then if we look at the frame, there is a little uh, little overhang here. You could do supports if you wanted to, but this is what it looks like without supports. Pretty pretty decent. And uh, here you can see there's a little ledge. See the little ledge there? That is what keeps the key plate uh, in place and it keeps it from falling into the frame. So the way you install it is kind of fit this over and then just press fit that in there. 
right? Right. And then uh, just want to be careful with your length of wires, right? I had to make sure that the, the length of cabling wasn't too much, but there is enough room in there for, uh, uh, for, 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 for a lengthy cable. And then if you want to put this back on, you can just click this in here and then just line it up. Maybe start with one side and work your way on the other. And there you go. And then these toe beads can get press fitted in. Um, these little stems are kind of a tricky thing to print. Um, I found if you print like a batch of these, sometimes one out of three will fail. So just a, just a little tip there. Maybe print one at a time and then work from there. So just get pressed in. They have about that much travel, maybe like seven millimeters or so. And if anyone has any comments, Phaedra can tell me. I'll check, I'll check in a minute. Just a discussion on uh, Alvaro's uh, panda dog, as he calls him. Yeah, panda dog. See photo panda dog. <laughs> Uh, and then this one, it, let's go ahead and take this one apart too. The only difference here is the display, but uh, the bottom here is something I want to show you all because it has, if I could get it, what's well, it's got like tighter tolerances here. There we go. This one has no custom PCB and you see the, the cutie pie just kind of pops out of place there. So if you want to do this route without a custom PCB, um, maybe add some tack or something to keep it in place because uh, I do find that the tolerances get weak. I've taken this apart so many times that the tolerances just, they don't hold anymore for the, for particularly for just the cutie pie. But uh, the holder here is designed in a way where you can see there's a lot of component, not a lot, but there's, there's, there's components uh, on the bottom of the cutie pie that you really have to be careful for. I've broken uh, one tiny, tiny, tiny resistor and like the entire board didn't work. Um, so you really need to be careful with that. And I ensured that uh, that there's proper clearances here in the little edge where it rests on so that they're not being, uh, uh, they're not being uh, pressed up against anything. Like the components aren't being pressed up against anything that'll make them fall off. Um, but yeah, the tolerances, you know, it's, it's okay, but sometimes it comes out. So uh, that's the only difference there. And you can see here the, the display has the exact same sort of um, design, it, the way it's mounted is the exact same. It's just this one's a 240 by 240 display, but same like pinouts for sure. And uh, just want to be careful closing that up because sometimes that happens right there where like the force will like pop out the board. So that's why I made a custom piece of B. Because I've gone through this route before and it's just like very difficult to get something to stay in place when there's no screws. And that's why uh, this is a really nice kind of thing. Yeah, shout out to, uh, was it Stuart Riggs? Who yes. Got yeah. One, uh, ordered. Yeah, he ordered this out and uh, is integrated into his design. But yeah, you can grab this if you want from uh, Osh Park. I'll, I'll put the link over there. But yeah, I'm really liking the uh, this other version here because uh, a lot of the custom PCB and um, the display is a little bit, you know, faster because it's got lower pixels to handle. Yeah, so that's a kind of a look at the assembly, the case, some of the components. Uh, we'll walk through the guide now and just kind of see what's going on there. Is that cool? Any other questions? I've been posting links to all of the 
uh, guide-related material like the um, code that Liz wrote, yes. all of the STL models, yes. all of the components to build, and of course, Learn Guide and the YouTube video. You guys want to check all those out later? Yes, please do. It was fun to to work on. It's one of those projects where it's like more fun to design, and the process of making like it those. is way more fun than like actually using it. Mm -hmm. right? Like this is one of the things. And I encourage folks to do that, like just chase some of those ideas that are fun to work on, not necessarily to finish. I'm sure it's fun to finish it too, but boy, was it more fun to work on it. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the learn guide. Sweet. So yeah, let's. Uh, the first page just has all the components. We have just about everything in stock except the, the Cutie Pie RP2040. I have no idea when that'll come back, but hopefully we'll have more soon. in stock soon. soon. Yeah, let's just say that. But the displays are in stock, so that's cool. It's kind of hard to get displays right now, so I'm really surprised we have this, these displays. And then some of the extra bits, um, the kale switches, you can pick whichever one you want. They're all going to fit, as long as it's a Cherry MX compatible. You're pretty good to go. Um, here's the silicone wire, and some other things is like the, uh, the M25 uh, kit, which is used for the display, and the USB-C cable, because why not, right? All right, so there's that. Circuit diagram has all the wired connections. Uh, this circuit diagram also works with that other display, the uh, the 128 version. It's the same pinouts, just a kind of a slightly different driver. But the uh, the wiring is is right here, so you can see um, in the code you can you can kind of change up the uh, the pins. But this is what we have it set up for. So if you do use a different board, you just make sure your pins are reflected in the code. And that's, that's pretty straightforward. But yeah, look at all those pins on the Cutie Pie. Used just about every one. There's one left right there, the me, the miso. <laughs> every bit of the Cutie Pie Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, the 3D printing page has uh, some step files and the CAD source. So if you want to um, remix the design, you can download like a step file and use that step file to have the original sketches and the solid bodies so you can really tweak them out. The STLs are great, but the original step file is like, it's like that's all the source there. Let's see. Uh, when it comes to slicing, there aren't really any new slicing techniques. Uh, just be aware that if you are slicing the toe beans, the AKA the, the, the keycaps, uh, you might want to just start with one first and uh, the STL is, I exported it as a group, so you might want to use the mesh tools in Cura to break the model so that you can print them individually. Or you can export them out in the step file or the Fusion 360 file if you want, but I thought folks would probably just want to print the, the, whole, the whole set of, of the keycaps. Um, yeah, so try that out and use some slice settings here. Um, You'll want to use your own slice settings if you have your filaments and your things dialed in. You'll want to use those, but these are the kind of standard uh, settings that I use. And then for folks who want to completely remake their own uh, keypad, um, we always have a link to our, our GitHub repo that has 3D models of our parts. So like the Cutie Pie board, Cherry Mix switches, the TFT display, those are all available to download in the GitHub repo. And the way it works is if you click on this link here, open a tab, GitHub's UI is always a little bit uh, weird at first, but the way I have it set up is this main directory basically has a, a product ID, a PID, in front of the name of the product. So if you're looking for the macro pad, the macro pad is 5100. So what I did there was I did control or command F 
for finding, for searching. And then I just typed in 5100, and then here it's highlighting uh, the directory, the folder of which where the models resides. You can see here I got a description, and it says eight days ago. So if you click on that, here are the actual files that you can download. So the F3D is the Fusion 360 source. There's a GIF. There's a step, and there's an STL. If you click on the STL, uh, GitHub actually gives you a, a render, a really fun preview that's interactive. You can kind of play with it. So that's, that's fun. I never really talk about that, but you can just see how detailed the model is, like the USB connector and the, the rotary encoder. Really, really one-to-one -one accurate uh, models. So if you're doing something with really, really tight tolerances, you've got the sockets in there. That's, that's, that's nice. <laughs> Uh, and then you hit this download button here, it'll download to your computer, and you can upload it to whatever uh, program you're using. But that's a quick rundown of how I like to use the interface in, in GitHub to get files. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a quick look at that. I try to put this in all of our uh, learn guides so folks know that they're there. And uh, I try to link these in the part, uh, the product learn guides as well. So if you look at the cutie pie, um, Learn guide, it, sh it should be in there. I, I try to add them as, as I go. So that's the 3D printing page. Next up, the CircuitPython page. This is going to show you how to, it's going to walk you through installing the latest version of CircuitPython onto your QtPy board. So it just walks you through that. It's actually a mirrored page. We try to have a mirrored page in all the things so that if we ever need to change it, we just change it in one spot. So shout out to Katty for coming up with these uh, mirrored pages and templates. Next page, this is uh, by Liz. She has the code here, and we have the project bundle button here, which is great. It's a fairly new addition to the Learn system, where if you click this button, it'll download all the code, the images, and the libraries, and their dependencies, which is really important. So you don't have to hunt down the libraries anymore. You just click this one button, and you get a nice zip with everything in it. So that's really nice. Uh, but yeah, very heavily commented. Uh, Liz did a great job on, on setting it up so that we can change between the MIDI mode and the keyboard mode just by changing these true and false statements here. Very nice. And then there is some extra stuff here. I think our battery died. Yep. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> Should get that new battery. Um, here you can see the comments are, are talking about the key co the key codes, and you can change these up. Um, there is a commented here if you want to use like a control key on Windows or a command key on Mac, you can just switch between these. That's really cool. And then the MIDI notes are right here, 60, 61. You can pull up a MIDI notes chart and find out exactly what note is what. Uh, the MIDI library just likes numbers, so that's why they're numbers and not like the actual no the note, like A3 A3 or, is there an A3? E3, those type of things. But anyway, those are the MIDI notes. And you got some pinouts and stuff like that. Everything is just about commented, and on top of that, it's all broken up in the code walkthrough, which is really thorough and it breaks all these things into pieces. So check that out. And uh, here's a little screenshot of what your CircuitPython drive should look like. It should have a code.py file, uh, the, your bitmap of the sprite sheet, the party parrot uh, sprite sheet, and, and your library folders with the sublibraries in them. Cool, cool. Code walkthrough, it's, like we are saying, it's all broken up here in the little segments. So you can see here if you, if you want to deep dive on, on all the different blocks of code and what they're doing, check it out. Excellent. Great resource for folks that want to do something similar, either with USB or MIDI and display I.O., right? Like doing sprite sheet animations and having them talk together. It's, it's pretty cool. All right, so that's the code bit, the walkthrough. 
uh, wiring is pretty straightforward. We just got um, some photos here of, of wiring up the bits. You want to follow this because it's a bit of a chronological order. You want to kind of solder these things in place like that. Once your key caps, once, sorry, once your mechanical switches are soldered, soldered in place to the key plate, well, they're not going to come out of the key plate because they're soldered in place, right? Uh, so that's, that's one of the things here. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, just really nice photos of, uh, of wiring it up here. And big fan of ribbon cables. All right, and then when it comes to assembly, same kind of deal-ish thing. Um, follow it chronologically. Here's some screws. Press fits. And uh, add the pro beans, and we're done. <laughs> uh, there's a resource page uh, if you want the, the, the circuit diagram. That's there, too, if you want that. Um, we try to offer all of our uh, circuit diagrams in our learn guides. And if you want to create your own circuit diagram, we have a library of parts that you can grab from the circuit diagram page. There's a link here to the, uh, the GitHub repo for just fritzing parts. So very similar to the. Uh, my CAD parts repo, the fritzing parts repo, a little bit different. This doesn't have PIDs, but you can see here that we have just about everything. So that's pretty cool. You can download the whole thing or, or pick and choose them as you, as you go, which is what I do. Yeah. I think that's it. In a nutshell, toe beans in a nutshell. Midi kitty code, party parrots. Wow. Yay. RP2040. Somebody is chatting about how to train your dog. How to and train your dragon. <laughs> then Dexter was asking about how long does it take to go from concept to presenting the project on the show. I answered about two That's to four a, weeks. Depends on depends availability on the of the components and then product launches also yeah, affect. Yeah, it, it really did. Um, we, we bounced a, a little bit back and forth between testing like, what should we do? You know, is it okay that it's slow? Is it okay that it's not the best display? So that took a little bit extra time to like really pick out what. And then the product then, uh, supply shortage too played a part in what uh, products are available. For what sure. We can actually. Yeah, these are the display. displays we have, and we only have one one chip. So I mean, the chip's fine. We we have lots of support for it. Um, but yeah, about two to four weeks. Yeah, this one is a little bit quicker, I think, because. Uh, there's not too much going on, right? You got Even mechanical if switches in the display. Right. Sometimes we have to wait for right. Like the the, the, the QDPI RP twenty four is mature. It's but what I mean by that is that it has a learn guide, it has demo code, it's it's got uh, it's been used in, in a few projects now, so that's 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 good. But yeah, that's a good question. How long does this, this stuff take? And then uh, I, I, I lost my train of thought. There was yeah. What were you going to say? Uh, had to do with like just waiting for product launch to happen, and then which one, the macro pad? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a project right now that uh, it's another collab project. It's a a one by four board, and I, I can't get the board. It's out of stock. Out of stock. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and jump into this week's What Are We Prototyping? Yeah. Speaking of projects that are in prototype we and might two, stay there for a little bit. We have two macro pad things. Let's do you want to do yours first? Yeah, we'll do mine first. So last week I had a stand uh, that was like a wedge. This week I was like, hey, we should do a print-in-place hinged stand. So I got this kind of frame going on. 
and then this little thing here, this is all printed in place, these three pieces, they have joints, so they pivot. And the idea is that you have this little thing swing up, and then you see these little dimples here? These dimples are closely matched to the actual button head screws here. So what it does is the button head screws just lay into those dimples and it stays in place. So you get this really nice kind of wireframe looking inspired uh, stand. And the, the, um, the PCB itself is mounted with these four M3 screws. And the macro pad has these soldered SMD uh, standoffs, M3 standoffs. So you get some nice elevation there and it's super secured in there. But this is completely printed in place with no supports. It prints flat like that and you have a couple of different kind of viewing angles. So you can kind of do it this way or this can go this way. And of course this can go higher by setting it on those dimples. That's cool. Um, what's funny about this is that like it is printed in place, but watch this. Ah, it just comes right out. I could have just printed it in pieces. <laughs> so that's kind of how it's working. These little, these little uh, extrusions are at a 45 degree angle, which turns them into this sort of um, cone, cone shape, pincher cone. And then these dimples here is what, uh, what allows it to kind of snap in and stay in place. But because it's PLA and they're fairly not too thin, like you have a little bit of flex, uh, to be able to pop this out. So you could print this separately. Now this one's a little bit harder to take out because of the, 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 clo the close proximity to where the joint is. So that's gonna be a little bit hard to flex open. But I was able to get it open. I'm not gonna do that now, but you can see how much uh, range of motion you get with this sort of hinge design. You can go all the way out, or you can go all the way this way, just about a full 180 degrees. So what I'd like to do is add more dimples if I do a repeatable pattern going across this way, well then what that allows you to do is to have an angled, an adjustable uh, angle here so that if this was closer, then the pivot would be less extreme and it wouldn't be so inclined. Or maybe it would. Maybe I'm not thinking about this right. <laughs> like if you keep going up, then it goes low and that's too high. That's so. not bad actually, depending on what angle, like the height of your table that you have right. on. Another problem I see is like these these will just be slippery. And the, the thing that makes this stay is those dimples up there, so. I mean, you can have if a uh, rail that connects the Yeah, dimples, that's so true, I could have a, a rail here. And um, yeah, I think the other idea is to have this stay here, and then there would be some notches here in the frame so that it could like mm -hmm. adjust the notches down there. So there's some ideas there. Um, I might do it, I might not, I don't know because um, I kind of like this, the simplicity of this one. And that viewing angle there is, I forget what the degree is, but uh, it's in CAD. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think that's about it for the stand. Print to place, or you can print it in pieces. That's cool, right? Always handy. Yeah, and then uh, I'm just still running the demo code, folks, sorry. It's just the demo code that comes default with it. I'll come up with something, but right now. Nice little segue <laughs> to a guy that was just released by Phil Burgess. He yeah. has a uh, hotkeys for Photoshop, or That's great. I think a couple other graphic editing programs. You can have like your cut paste, your, you know, your, uh, what is it? Other keys that are used. Um, adjustment <laughs> layers. You can do adjustment layers, you can do levels. Right? Mm -hmm. You can do export, say, for web. I like yeah. using that a lot when I'm doing GIFs. Um, so why don't we go to the Import video guide? to frames. I do that a lot. Doesn't work in the new one. 
They killed that? No, it's beta. I'm, I'm on that. I was gonna say, one, like, what so. are you guys pay? What are we paying you for? <laughs> you Adobe, you're taking stuff away. I gotta go into Media Encoder and export it that way now. <laughs> Let's see. Fabregas has the macros for Photoshop and other uh, graphics programs. So black and white, swap, eyedrop tool, wand tool, move, marquee, redo, brush, erase, fill, and heal. And of course you can change those around. If you go to learn.adafruit.com, just released. Yeah, we need to make this into a MIDI controller because I'm just, that's all I'm capable of, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Cool. Uh, Lou on the YouTube chat asking when the macro pads will be back. Maybe tonight. Stock. Maybe tonight. Yeah, sign up for the um, for the alerts when they get back in stock, or leave the web page open and refresh like a mad person every hour. hour. Yeah. It's actually what we do. <laughs> Don't tell them our secrets. No, you can <laughs> for sure tell them. Yeah. Yeah, it should be a couple it. more going back in stock. Yeah, the way that these are made, uh, they're produced in batches to make sure there are no bugs, so we can easily fix those out and swap them out if the bugs are uh, severe enough. So that's why yeah. the stock was a little low. All right, Pedro, now tell us about your keycaps. Yeah, so Lamar had an idea to make this more accessible for you know people who have a, a like hard of seeing. Vision impaired. Yeah, vision impaired folks, people. Yeah. So of course we had to make some braille keyboards with like the function keys on them. Uh, specifically like copy, paste, escape, tab, volume up, volume down, home, and play, pause, page up, page down, and quit. So it's a little bit difficult to see um, yeah. with the lights going on. You can kind of see them there. there you go. And these are all uh, just looked up what the spacing and what each uh, function uh, character was for uh, Braille. A little bit difficult to see on that, but you can see a little bit more clear on a opaque filament. So yeah, just yeah. taking what uh, has been done with these stickers. I think, uh, what was it? Putty, I think is the name of them. Okay. You can get those and attach them to your existing keyboard. So we just wanted to make some models uh, mm -hmm. based off of what's the product ID for that one. These are the 10 millimeter high ones that we have in the shop. So you can add uh, that to these keys yeah. or They're go ahead and flat. Yeah, you can print out your own, or I'll make these available too, where it's just the top portion, so you can just double stick tape or glue them onto your existing keys. And what's cool is uh, Lamar wants, when you tap on each key to have audio, since there is a speaker on the back, so you can practice your yeah. braille, or um, a user can, you know, have audible feedback when they press, you know, the key that they're trying to get to, uh, or obviously you can feel for it, and then when you press it, it'll be confirmation that you did yeah. get the right one pressed. Cool, yeah, custom keycaps is, is a <clears> thing. <throat> yep, so the keycaps again, uh, all 3D printed. There is some support material that is on the stem yeah. here. And if uh, do a little comparison, there are multiple ways to actually model this. I went with the circular design for the stem and you went with the uh, square design. Yep. They both work. Yeah, they do. Um, tolerances came out pretty good on these and that's because we spent uh, lots of time what was in 2016 making some ones for like resin printers yeah. and making our own keypads yeah uh, the thing about them like the printer really dictates like what kind of design you're gonna have I'll say that this one is printed on our grill machines 
this doesn't quite print well on our Ultimakers just because of like their nozzle type mm. and um, I guess maybe the, the filament. Like literally, this is one seven five diameter filament. The Ultimakers are two point eight five millimeter. I diameter. want to say the construction of them too because these yeah. only print perfect on the CR two CR V twos and the V three right. does not print well on the CR. V1. V1. Right. Or the CR-10 CR Pro. V1. Yeah. yeah. For whatever reason, maybe the, the rails are so set up different. I guess we, the, the takeaway here is like, something. you should like design your own stem around your printer, around your filament, and your design. So mm -hmm. you can use our design as a base, of course, but it, I think it's nice to create your own that we have full control over the, the smallest uh, you know, tweak your detail. Mm -hmm. and you can get crazy with your, your uh, extrusion widths and your line diameter um, when you're slicing so you can get a tighter, uh, you know, tighter tool path mm -hmm. when you're printing. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> In the chats, maybe, yeah. Let's see. Oh, uh, Amro saying that the encoder would be good for adjusting white balance contrast and other goodies on oh, raw sure. images. Yeah, oh, sure. that is a really good idea. Yeah. Okay. Ending my pins there. Yeah. Yep. So these uh, we'll release these uh, once I. Uh, oh, this doesn't have the plate. Okay. Oh yeah, I didn't put on the put yeah. the plate on because I'm still messing mm -hmm. with uh, uh, removing switches and yeah. Uh, Testing out the the spacing and mm -hmm. like the the print settings for them. So yeah, good start though. That's great. Yeah, pretty much done. If and folks want a three D model of the macro pad, there this one here shows you all the pieces for it. So you have the back plate, the main PCB, and then the key plate, and then some extra components here: the OLED, the rotary encoder, and then the kale switches. Uh, the kale, sorry, they're they're. Uh, Cherry MX switches, but they're kale sockets behind the PCB. And also, the reverse-mounted uh, NeoPixels are all a part of that. And uh, USB-C connector, of course, too. So all the goodies are, are, are in there and populated. The board's fully populated. So check out that model. It's, uh, it's on GitHub. Yeah, I'm using this one for, uh, for all the things. Going in chats. I don't have a clip for layer by layer, so. Uh, oh, I already posted the link to it. Which excellent. Is, yeah. It wasn't the spine, what was it? Yeah, it so was this was it last week? Boy, I don't remember. Sweeping snap fits. Yeah, it's how I created the snap fit geometry for the keypad um, using sweeps, the sweeping tool inside of uh, Fusion 360. Mm -hmm. Sorry. <laughs> so check those out. There's a link. And there's also a playlist if you're interested in uh, Fusion 360. And I think that's it for prototyping. Yeah. That's I think so, to show yeah. off. We're, we're caught up here with uh, right. what we're prototyping. All right, cool. Let's go ahead and jump into this week's Community Makes. Cool. Let me pull out uh, some links here. Every Tuesday, we post a video of a 3D printed time lapse this week. Oh boy, that's not the... <sighs> Sorry, Pedro. If I had links loaded... <laughs> this week is a very awesome toy marble machine. This thing is so cool. Printed place. All right, here it is. The joystick controls the... What is this thing called? 
somebody in the chat. What is this? A joystick? Thing? Yeah, the joystick controls this, uh, the base plate, which moves around this little marble. You have to get through this obstacle. Just <laughs> this is so fun. I know. Yeah. And then, of course, what makes it fun is just knowing the way that this was constructed. It's Holy all put crap. in place with this little bottom here that is controlling. It is being controlled by this joystick. So, like, no motors or anything. So mechanical, man. Look, yeah, this mechanical. is really, really fun. It's so cool. Yeah. Took a little bit of... Uh, Patience to print this out just because of how tight the tolerance yeah, is look at that. and the thinness of what is holding this uh, the table. So this entire assembly was printed all in one piece yeah. as one job. And then this too, or this is No, this is a separate, yeah. So oh. the, um, who's the user? Yeah, it's right here. Page, I have this page. Uh, has a couple of different, uh, he calls them playgrounds. So you have is, a couple of uh, different uh, levels, I guess, that you could print out to uh, advance forward. Or just be stuck on the same level because it's so hard. <laughs> this is Yanis uh, Bruchalski. Yeah. Posted this up on Colts 3D. It's a free download, so check it out. There's some nice GIFs of it in that motion here. Swappable mazes. Yes. <coughs> That's amazing. So you can see here, completely different game, a different diameter of balls too. The, mm -hmm. the marble balls here. Yeah, yeah. You got to use steel balls. The eight millimeter ones or four. Yeah. He says this he is has excellent. There. Different colors too to, to go matching with it. This is such a fun like little analog game. Ah, so good. So check this out if you want something. Uh, do you want to test the tolerances on your printer? You want to test out that new hot end that you installed? This is a good one to go, and it's free to do so. You can print that out. It's cool. Very, very cool and mechanism. His model includes a version that has the stand or the uh, support materials already baked in there. Ah, that's very, to very make clever. For this long um, rod here that mm. is connecting. Right, and yeah, a long rod. Yeah, or that's holding it in place actually. So cool. Definitely go with that one. Cool. Uh, the supports are a little fused on this side. Yeah. So that's the only uh, thing you gotta watch out for. You wanna watch out for spaghetti? The attack of spaghetti. Here's the time lapse Tuesday video. Oh yeah. Featuring <laughs> spaghetti. Yeah, Tell so us you, about the spaghetti. So you definitely gotta watch out for the uh, horizontal expansion. I think I did like negative uh, point two. That's why it failed. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Z hop. Z it mm. ran. It runs into those tiny little posts. What is Z hop? Like a quick, quick. Uh... So it, it retracts your filament, and then your head, your nozzle head, lifts up to move over to the next part, so it doesn't strike or run into a previously printed section. Hence the Z hop. It hops to avoid crashing into the layer that it just laid down. Mm -hmm. so I guess that's a good way to Z hop. So you expanded the Z hop. You made it higher. No, I just turned it on. You just uh, turned it on? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't on at all. No, no, no. So you the nozzle was running it? into like a curled, mm -hmm. uh, exactly. a, a geometry that's been curling up. It'll just boop. Yep. Wish you could like pause it right like, there. like uh, one millimeter for the Z hop. Yeah, it looks way better. Excellent. All right. So there's a little tip there on uh, printing stuff. And of course, what's so cool about it is like, again, the mechanism that uh, makes this all possible and Alvaro is saying that uh, he loves the physical joysticks. Physical so joysticks and just having a modular remote operating on weird places like the inside of a guitar. Oh shit, right? that's super clever. <laughs> yeah, a built-in mm -hmm. um, handler. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really neat. Makes me think I of like the Da Vinci machines that the um, mm -hmm. doctors use to like operate. Oh, that's funny, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Don't use this to operate on my brain. You know what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> But it's super fun nice that you concept. have this uh, this modularity, right, of the play of the play piece being modular. It's mm -hmm. really fun. 
I can see these marbles are too big, huh? It is, yeah. But it worked out. Like, you did a really good job on the demo. Oh, hey, check it out. You I got it. it. This is so... Yeah, I know. It's so much fun. <laughs> this is my first time seeing you play it, too. I've been busy. <laughs> it's so cool, man. So, huge shout out to Quite Yanis a challenge. for uh, releasing this out for real free. And, of course, the mechanics. Whoa. Yeah. So cool. And challenging. Super fun. All right, we have more community makes to get to before we close out. We got 10 minutes left. I am loving these Mickey ears from Charlotte. These Huge shout out to Charlotte. So Give me a second. Cool. I Give want to build one of these. I am going to build these. When we get back for the fireworks. Wow. Can I copy? So we built one, yes. I think, two or three years ago. Something. These were based on the Probably little Mickey ears that you can buy there. I like her idea of just using an existing hat. Especially during the heat. Yeah, so Charlene is a, a fellow Learn Guide author, yes. and she does 3D printing and CircuitPython, and this project combines CircuitPython, 3D printing, and LEDs to make Mickey ears. So here's a quick so demo fun. of it. And I really love the style of the thread here in Twitter because mm -hmm. she shows her process of coming up with the design and the different iterations that it came up to. So very simple, minimal with reason here because a lot of time, you, you're putting LEDs on something, you're going to blind people at night. Mm -hmm. And that's very not cool when, yeah. you're, when everyone's trying to enjoy their time. That's why when we made ours, we made sure that the, the LEDs go these, these straight forward, right? Mm -hmm. So they're not bothering people. So this one, uh, similar vein inwards. that it goes inward. And it's really cool. The original idea was infinity mirrors, so which nice. is such a cool effect too. But um, when she was making it, she was like, well, you know, it actually looks better without the infinity mirror because it's not going to be reflecting in someone's eye. Mm -hmm. And um, sewing it, you can see here some really close-up shots of mm -hmm. the sewing part on a hat. Integrating into a hat is a brilliant idea instead of like... Yeah, because you pick your own design, your own not hat the limited... Fits you, yeah. yeah the, the, the one Mickey we did ears. was the Mickey ears because we just wanted to stay with like, hey, everybody's buying these damn things, so mm -hmm. we might as well stay with that. But here's the enclosure little snap fit action going on with the, uh, I think that's a nitsy bitsy, could be wrong. Maybe it's something else. Uh, and then just some things Yanni here. Says that they, she should switch them out for fans. Ah, uh, <laughs> to like, cool you down. Cool, yeah. Or yeah. at least the person in front of you do it behind it, you or something. It like tells you how hot you are. Like it's, it's red when you're like burning up and as you cool down, it turns blue. I think the more important yeah. one would be the UV, but especially. Look how many she made. This is so amazing. She made oh, the, the whole, whole Yeah, the whole family gets yeah. in. There's the whole family. Of course. So. <laughs> That's super cool. We only had two, but hey, that's really great. So shout out to Charlene for uh, sharing this with us. And um, yeah, um, so follow Charlene on, on Twitter for more inspirational projects. Yeah, super, super cool. I want to build some. Yes, you do. <laughs> more modular than the, uh, the ones we did. OK, next one. This is another community make. This one is from Stuart. Stuart, you yeah, are watching. This is awesome. Yeah, this is. So there's been uh, macro padding it up. So he has a, a couple base bits here. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to show the motorized one because like that's just it's next level. So cool. yeah, is this the motorized <laughs> one? I think these are just some additional pieces. You're deciding pieces on and stuff. Uh, what angle to mount your macro pad at. Yeah. I'll have it controlled by a servo. Right. I think that's the next video. This is just kind of showing like some extra bits that snap into the sides here. So a really, really clever way to get um, your kind of base to have different modular mm -hmm. uh, frames. So your frame has those little indents and then the base is what clicks into them. So it's a really clever approach uh, to making a modular kind of multi-part assembly. But Stuart's uh, 
motorized uh, macro pad is just next level if I can pull it up here. Oh no, I think I might have lost it. Maybe it's under media. Here it is. Get ready for this one, folks. I'm not sure where the motor is. I'm thinking it's a, a servo. But the button here is like, doop. Uh -huh. So if you want like a motorized angle, flat, and then a little bit slightly angled. So it's super cool. I feel like one and, of those uh, uh, rising desks. You stand right. Up, there you is a, sit down, an think. actual commercial a mechanical keyboard that has that built in. Uh, a fellow on, on Twitter tweeted that out to me. I was like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and then here comes Stuart, like, I did it. <laughs> it's just like, poof. Super, super awesome. So follow um, Stuart on Twitter, too, if you want to see more of his stuff. Yeah, he's going to have a ton of really good ones. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got one more for you folks before we close the show. This is uh, a bit of a past one. Look at this one. This is New Pixel oh. LED gas mask. You know what? Halloween is not right too far off. I think so I saw to, uh, uh, Phil B posting that Spirit Halloween is uh, getting ready to get all their stores open. So yeah, they're perfect timing. setting it up. Yeah, so this that is so good. I know. It's, <laughs> I love the aesthetic here. Um, so uh, Steptronics uh, posted her make of, awesome. of the LE wire slash NeoPixels. It was so fun to make this thing. I, I think I made it in 123D or maybe even Tinkercad, but yeah, you got NeoPixels in the, in the center here with a nice 3D printed diffuser. And then you have this EL wire that's kind of wrapping around the conduits and stuff to make it just look stellar. A um, little bit of a star, you know, Star Wars slash, I don't know, what, what other inspiration <laughs> from the gas mask, but super fun. And uh, it's always a fun time when I see folks uh, making them. And this was printed on the Creelty Ender 3 Pro, I think. And uh, the comment here says, made the thing, build it with the 16 LED, LED ring, the blue LED wire, a lipo, and an eagle LED. Super, super cool. All right, that's this week's Community Makes. Thank you, everybody, for sharing your makes with us. Oh, amazing. All good stuff. Cool. So the links to all of those in the Discord. YouTube is having a heart attack trying to post these links. <laughs> Woo. All right. Well, if folks, if you'd like to share your projects, what you're working on, we invite you to come on the show and tell tonight. We do a show and tell every Wednesday, hosted by Lamar and Phil, sometimes us or sometimes JP, but I think Lamar and Phil tonight. Uh, it starts at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, it's on the YouTubes, um, Facebooks, and the same places where we broadcast. And you'll want to be in the live broadcast chat room when PT posts the StreamYard links. You can Click that link and you'll have your camera and microphone ready uh, to, to show and talk. To show and tell. <laughs> there you go. So you've been watching 3D Hangouts. We do the show every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern time here. And we have lots of other shows too, like tonight. Show and tell is the saying, but also Ask an Engineer is at 8 p.m. Eastern time with Lamar and Phil. Get some open source hardware news, new products, and more. JP's workshop every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And deep dive with Scott on Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific time. We're all over the place. Week starts with Desk of Lady Ada on Sundays. Yeah. From 8 to about 11 to 10 p.m. PM. Starting time. Yeah. Runs for about an hour. And it features the popular segment, uh, The Great Search. Great Search for with all of the replacement parts that uh, has to be done with all the part shortages, so 
it is uh, definitely one not to miss. Mm -hmm. For sure. That's right, sponsored by Digigi. That's right. Uh, Mondays are CircuitPython meetings. Tuesdays is JP's product pick of the week. Every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time, you can get 50, up to 50% off the thing crazy. that's on sale, which is crazy. This week was e-ink. Yeah. Inky. Excellent. And then cycle back over to the Wednesdays where we have uh, like three shows. You know, Wednesday is a show day, but it seems like every note, every day we have a show. Yeah. And that's cool. going to do it for us. Join us later tonight. But until then, make sure to make a great day. Make kitty day. Bye, folks. See you later tonight. See you tonight.